Some employers prefer to classify workers as independent contractors because they believe this can help save money. The problem is, very few arrangements will meet the state or federal requirements of an independent contractor relationship. And so, it's critical to know the distinction between 1099 independent contractors and W-2 employees. Welcome to HRpreneur, a podcast by ADP. This is Jim Duffy. Today, we'll address key differences between independent contractors and employees with Merrill Gutterman. Merrill works as counsel here at ADP. Merrill, thanks for joining us. Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me today. So, Merrill, why is it so important for employers to understand the difference between an independent contractor and an employee? Well, misclassifying an employee as an independent contractor can deny workers the rights and the protections that they're entitled to. And it can also reduce tax revenue collected by the federal and state government agencies. Um, President Biden has already identified the misclassification of employees as independent contractors as one of his top priorities. And the penalties for misclassification can be significant. Um, An employer may owe back pay, overtime, and benefits to a misclassified worker, and they may be ordered to pay back taxes, interest, and fines. And then in some states, employers that intentionally misclassify a worker may also face criminal charges or stop work orders. So how can employers determine if one of their workers is an independent contractor or an employee? I don't think there's a magic formula, but there are a number of tests that are used to evaluate a worker's status and to determine whether a worker is covered by a particular law, you're gonna wanna use the corresponding test. So for example, to determine whether a worker is an independent contractor or an employee for federal tax purposes, you're gonna wanna use the IRS common law test. Um, If you're talking about federal wage and hour purposes, you're gonna wanna use the DOL's economic realities test. The IRS common law test is among the most commonly used. Can you break that one down for us? Sure. So the IRS test looks at three areas of how work is done. It focuses on behavioral control, financial control, and also the type of the work relationship. Essentially, the more control the business has over the worker, the more likely they'll be considered an employee and not an independent contractor. So when we're looking at behavioral control, it's going to assess whether the company has the authority to direct and control the individual's work and whether the worker receives training and instruction. If we're looking at financial control, it's going to consider whether the worker realizes a profit or a loss, whether they make investments in tools and facilities, um, and whether they have unreimbursed expenses. And then that third category, the type of relationship, is going to look at factors like whether there's a written contract between the parties, the permanency of the relationship, and whether the worker is entitled to employee-type benefits. So I would recommend employers carefully review each test and then consult legal counsel if they have specific questions before they go ahead and classify a worker as an independent contractor. Meryl, is there a set number of IRS factors that must be met to classify a worker as an independent contractor? No one factor alone um, makes the determination for classification. An employer really has to weigh all the factors and take into account all applicable tests, including state tests that may apply when they're determining whether an individual is an employee or an independent contractor. So they have to look at the entire relationship, consider the degree of control, 
And then also importantly, make sure they're documenting each of these factors that they're using to make that determination. What if a worker meets some of the IRS factors, but not others? When in doubt, it's always best to err on the side of caution and classify the worker as an employee. Um, employers can also request an official determination from the IRS using a form SS8, but keep in mind it can take several months to get that IRS determination. So, Merrill, are state tests for independent contractors more strict than the federal tests? They can be. They can be more difficult to satisfy. Sometimes a state will require that all of the criteria in their test be met. Um, several states apply what's known as the ABC test, and, and that's the case for the ABC test. So under the ABC test, the worker is presumed to be an employee unless the employer can show that the individual is free from control or direction when performing services. The services are outside the usual course of the employer's business and the individual is customarily engaged in an independently established trade, occupation, profession, or business. All right. Can a worker be both an independent contractor and an employee at the same time? There are very limited circumstances in which an individual can be both for the same employer. Um, if there's a situation where a worker is providing services in two distinct roles to the same business, then the employer has to examine each relationship and look at each role separately. And then if after they apply the applicable tests, they find that there's an employer-employee relationship in one of the roles, then the other can generally be classified as an independent contractor. But it's really rare. Um, a worker is presumed to be an employee unless they meet all of those applicable tests. Does an employer need to have a signed contract in hand with an independent contractor? The contract is it's one of many factors to consider, but a contract alone is not sufficient to determine a worker status. All right. So what if an employer issues 1099 forms instead of W-2 forms to several workers? Does this mean they're independent contractors? Not necessarily. Um, a common misconception is that a worker's classification is determined by whether a Form 1099 or a Form W-2 is provided to them at the end of the year. The reality is the classification determination has to always be made on the basis of whether the worker meets the applicable tests for independent contractor status. And if the worker fails to meet these tests, the individual is an employee and is entitled to all the rights and benefits of employees. So let's wrap up with one more question. How should an employer determine whether or not to hire an independent contractor? There's no right or wrong answer. I think it depends on the employer's specific business needs. If, if you have a short-term project or need someone with a highly specialized skill set who could hit the ground running, then an independent contractor may be the right fit for your business. If you're looking for temporary help during your busy season, for example, then a seasonal employee may make more sense. But regardless of your situation, again, make sure you're looking at those tests and satisfying them. And if you're still not sure, make sure that you classify your worker as an employee. Thank you, Meryl. As always, you've given employers a lot to think about. And I want to thank you all for listening to HRpreneur. Thanks again for joining us. Be well.